Hey everyone, and welcome to In It For The Long Haul. I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And this is our brief recap of the finale of Michelle's season. I can't believe we finally made it here. This was our first season covering The Bachelorette on our podcast, and we have just had a blast. Yeah, it's been uh, fun to do, fun to kind of learn how to podcast and uh, I feel like we we grew and got better as we went throughout the season, but it's been pretty good. Uh, we are traveling for uh, Christmas, so we are not at our usual setup, so we are lacking some of our equipment, so stuff might not sound as good, but there may be a casual, an, an occasional dog bark here and there, <laughs> or a vacuum or something like that. You might hear a Roomba in the background, but other than that, no, it should be it should be okay. It was exciting to get to watch The Bachelorette home with my family, who um, were the first fans of The Bachelorette (laughs) before I met Zeke, and we used to all watch it together. So it was nice being back, um, but unfortunately they've moved on to bigger and better shows in their opinion, but we were still super fans of The Bachelorette trying to convince them to watch it. but it was a interesting week and certainly after everything that's happened this season and how the last few episodes went, I didn't know who Michelle would pick. And I think that because we finally had another season where there was a traditional ending and two people made it to the finale and there was a proposal, unlike what we've seen in the past few seasons, the producers were up to their old editing tricks where they villainize kind of in in their editing at least in the last episode the person who ends up winning and that's kind of what we saw this past week so I don't know I'm pretty used to that I feel like they did the same thing on Ben Higgins season um and oh on a One after that, like JoJo's season, I think it was the same thing because um, they followed the traditional path. And so you were rooting for the person that they didn't end up picking, which I kind of think is an icky feeling. But yeah, I don't really like it. I can't really remember. Um, I mean, I guess there's been a couple instances since Peter, maybe only one or two where we've had kind of a normal situation at the end. But yeah, it feels weird to be rooting against the person then that ends up winning because it seems at least from what we're seeing that there's just such a difference in readiness to propose or commitment or what we think the bachelor is looking for and how they're um kind of showing that uh and so it's not it doesn't seem great it seems like it would be better for them to try to uh at least work harder to make us help us like the the person that ends up winning um so that we're happy about it i know i don't <laughs> i don't nicer. know why they do that it must work for them somehow with their ratings but it just leaves me feeling upset but oh well so jumping into things we start with both brandon and nate meeting michelle's families brandon gets to go first and of course he's already met michelle's family or at least her parents in a very awkward way as um they crashed michelle and brandon's date at michelle's childhood home while brandon and michelle were making out in the hot tub which is how everybody loves to meet their potential future in-laws is it crashing a date if the date is at your own house (laughs) that's fair can you you crash something that's happening at your home 
you know maybe that is a good point it seems like michelle and brandon were crashing michelle's parents saturday yeah i think that's probably what happened um well of course we know that they did not crash it they were sent in by the producers it was all calculated it's almost as if the show is not a hundred percent authentic what <laughs> first you tell me that santa's not real and now you're telling me Wait, the bachelor santa's not real oh my who was telling you that <laughs> you zeke <laughs> I, I have never told you that santa's not real <laughs> okay so we the first thing that we see is brandon walks in with the classic gifts for the parents that the producers procure from the local kroger and we've got a beautiful bouquet for mom but for dad Brandon, since he had to borrow Michelle's dad's swim trunks during their date at Michelle's parents' home, he decides to gift Michelle's dad new swim trunks of his own to make up for it. I think it would have been better if Brandon had given Michelle's dad a pair of his swim trunks in exchange for wearing her dad's swim trunks, but a pair of new swim trunks will do. Yeah, I think that when he pulled out swim trunks, we thought that it was going to be some kind of gag where it was Brandon giving, uh, you know, her dad, Ephraim, Ephraim, his own pair of swim trunks. But uh, alas, they were new, seemingly. They seem kind of huge. Uh, Michelle's dad doesn't seem that big of a person. And these swim trunks seem like they were like Nate's or something. They're like maybe, a giant. Maybe Brandon stole them because he was mad at Nate. That's one way to get back at him. Maybe. Um, so we, of course, are seeing interactions between Brandon and Michelle's parents again, but also Michelle's sister is there. And I didn't know she had a sister. I knew she had a brother because her brother's photos were hanging in her family's home when her and Brandon went there. But she apparently has a sister, too. She is very quiet. We didn't really learn anything about her. I don't think people were rooting on Twitter to have her be the next Bachelorette like they usually are with the brothers of people. Did she even say anything on screen the whole episode? I don't, I don't think so. I think we heard her laugh. She giggles, people. She giggles. Okay. But that's all we really know. Um, but even though her sister did not show much, her parents really like Brandon. They tell him to his face, but they also tell the camera multiple, multiple times, tell Michelle, they really love Brandon and he loves them. He feels like Michelle's family is already his own and that he fits right in. And he is just soaking up this date like he always does. Yeah, it... This was sort of reminiscent of the Hannah and Maddie divide where it was just so clear where the uh, heart of the heart of the family lied, laid, (laughs) whatever. It was clear who the family liked best. Uh, And I think that they were not nearly as dramatic about it. Um, about insisting that the lead pick uh, the person that they liked the best, um, <laughs> uh, which is good uh, because that was a mess, although good television. Um, but yeah, no, I think it just, it, it was kind of clear that they really liked Brandon and were really hoping that he would end up being their new son. I agree. And they are even still talking about how positive of an experience it was to be with Brandon again and how they're unsure if Nate can measure up to that 
while he is footsteps away (laughs) the next day or a few hours later or whatever the gap is between these two meetings but him and Michelle are literally like walking around the corner and they're still having a conversation about that um but hopefully he didn't hear because he walks in sneaky editing maybe truly maybe but yeah no I mean that that would certainly be incredible if they were walking up and uh the you know other person the other contestant could hear the family talking about the previous contestant so positively uh that would have been wild but it would have made Nate sweat, but he really didn't need the extra pressure because he was sweating all on his own. Well, Mexico, man. It's hot down there. It is. He did also bring another lovely bouquet for mom, but no swim trunks for Ephraim. So. I thought that his bouquet was less good. Mm. I thought that Brandon had the better bouquet. That was probably intentional. Probably. It all <laughs> just feeds into the narrative that Nate shouldn't have won. <laughs> Spoiler. So... Um, Michelle and Nate sit down and I feel like right off the bat, he looks really awkward. He's super nervous. You can tell his, her parents are, you know, already kind of going in with a biased judgment against him because they really love Brandon and they know more about Brandon and they feel more comfortable about Brandon. He certainly has an advantage because this is the second time he had met her parents. So I get that. But also Nate is not helping himself because they like ask him a simple question. I don't even know what it was at the beginning. It was like, you know, what do you like about Michelle or how has your journey been or something like that? And he, you know, just kind of fumbles as Nate does and says something like, oh, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm super glad to be here. (laughs) It was weird. Um, I remember that there was just kind of an awkward tension in the air before Michelle's mom finally was like, "Okay, Nate. Can I steal you for a second? Let's go chat. Um, it was just, yeah, the the group conversation was definitely not flowing. Yeah, as we've as we've talked about before, Brandon is definitely much more smooth. Um, he is usually usually pretty good about saying the right thing. Obviously, he will occasionally say something silly that can be misinterpreted, like how straight her teeth look in high school. <laughs> uh, you know, poor but that, guy. It gives her an opportunity to to kind of banter with him but yeah he's definitely much more smooth much more comfortable around her family than nate and nate is was i don't know if he's just having a bad day if he is just like a normal person and so meeting this girl's family after uh you know you've known her for like six weeks uh and you're thinking about proposing to her uh like the next day um i could see that that would be awkward and stressful so maybe nate's the normal one and it's brandon who's just so exceptional um that could certainly be the case but i think that um yeah it's just when you see them back to back it's just so obvious that it should be brandon at least that's how it feels yeah and what's coming out of nate's mouth certainly doesn't help his case and i feel like yes there was definitely intentional editing to make him seem like the weaker choice but he also was saying stuff that just was not as good as what Brandon was saying and maybe there was more to their conversation where things got better that they didn't show but in his conversation with Michelle's mom she asked him if he's ready for an engagement and he says yes and she just straight up responds I don't believe you I don't think you're ready and he's like oh I'm sorry that you feel that way I didn't mean to make you feel that way blah 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 and 
he just can't really um, save himself there and rebuild his rapport with her. Um, it kind of catches him catches him off guard, and and I just think that he doesn't really give much substance to Ephraim either. Um, and yeah, neither conversation goes very well. And, um, you know, I just think that maybe there's some editing there, but there's also some natural Nate moments that the producers can't really curate that just make you think, man, Brandon did much better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it just is so tough when you see, uh, I mean, props to her mom for, for bringing some good TV, being tough, grilling him a little bit. Uh, we love to see that. Um, but it's, it is, you know, it's crazy. He just really fumbled a lot of the questions. He didn't have as good of answers. Um, I think that he was asked about moving to Minnesota and Mm. he, I think by the family, he seemed kind of wishy-washy about it maybe. Um, but I, I he said he loves adventures and him and Michelle have talked about how they just want to run away together. And she's like, Oh, okay. You want to run away, but can you settle down? Yeah. So I think that, uh, it, it could be that she, you know, that she does want someone who's going to push her to be more adventurous and push her outside of maybe what's her comfort zone. Um, but I do kind of think that she wants that less so and does want to be more settled down with an occasional adventure here and there. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it was just a tough showing from Nate. Yeah. And Brandon on the, opposite end did not miss a beat when he was asked if he would move to minnesota he was like absolutely i think he said something about moving there yesterday yeah so it was just such a stark contrast and it just it was clear that you know brandon's the better pick and michelle's mom straight up tells michelle hey i um you know don't think that nate is ready for an engagement and we don't want you to get hurt. And like you said, Zeke, she doesn't come out as aggressively as like Barb and say, you have to pick Brandon. But she did earlier express a ton of love for him. And, you know, Michelle is just not getting the same about Nate from her mom. So it's pretty clear what they want her to do, even though they don't come out and say it. Brandon's my angel sent from heaven. <laughs> Pick him, please. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. But uh, I'm sure Barb preferred Brandon, too. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so Michelle walks Nate out of the date and doesn't really say straight out that her mom is questioning him. But it's kind of implied and she, you know, asks him if he really is ready for an engagement because there's a lot of doubt there and again Nate kind of fumbles and he's sweating and all he can really say to save himself is that he is 100% in um which you know words mean something but actions mean more and Nate doesn't seem to have much of a way with words and so I think that she needs more from him um and so you know I think she is going to pursue um that in their one-on-one but first she has to go and have her day date with brandon gets to (laughs) gets to gets to it's a privilege really 
Yeah. And they decide to go jet skiing, which looks super fun. We should definitely do that next time we're in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, we should. And, you know, they have their romantic moment on the same jet ski and they're making out and um, just have a fun day. And she mentions how she just laughs with Brandon. And again, he could very well be her best friend. And they just have that natural chemistry, which we love to see. Yeah, when when they're just hanging out, she's she's looking happy. She's smiling. She's not having to really press him for for the emotion that she needs from him. Um, at least from the expressing of, of what he says that he feels. Um, and she just seems more loose and happy around Brandon. Um, you know, he's less work for her and yeah, it just seems like he's doing well. Definitely. And they go to dinner. He makes another romantic speech. He has a way with words. Definitely. And again, professes his love for her and actually says, I love you. Um, or I'm in love with you. Something more direct than falling. No, I think he was in I love you. I love I you. Think that's where he was at. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. She does not have to worry about how he feels about her. And, you know, she returns it saying that she is in love with him. And um, that's huge for her to say that. So there's a lot of confidence that Brandon now has. There's a lot of confidence that I had in the moment. Things are looking really good. And I feel like at this point, Michelle is really picking up on the fact that Brandon will be there for her. And even after this, you know, I had doubts about Brandon's readiness for an engagement and true, mature, deep affection for Michelle just because he's so youthful. Uh, but after this, I was, and especially in comparison to Nate, with what we're working with here, I was team Brandon all the way. I'm like, this guy's ready to go. He is uh, truly in love with Michelle. He knows the stakes here. He definitely will propose to her tomorrow if he gets the chance. I just felt really good about this whole date. Oh, for sure. I think that, you know, again, Brandon is killing it. He's getting... Um, well, not even the good edit. He's just, he's performing well. Yeah. Um, And I mean, yeah, I guess he is getting a good edit to go along with his good performance, but there's plenty of good performance to, to include. Um, And so unfortunately it's kind of more of the same for Nate the next day as well. Um, You know, lots of tough questions from Michelle, lots of, um, you know, just kind of that uncertainty or maybe more vague answers, less confident for sure. Um, or at least he is saying confident things, but as the viewer, he just seems less gung-ho about the whole thing. And the vibe is different. Like you said, she is so, um, carefree and happy with Brandon. And I just feel like the vibe just drags down with Nate. Yeah. Um, She's so much more serious with him. And of course, as any questionable contestant will know. If the lead has any questions about your relationship, you must go see a local shaman. And so they find a, um, a native Puerto Vallardan who um, can, you know, really sense the spirit of Nate and look into his heart to see what's really going on there. And sense the chakras. Yes. Or something. <laughs> something. <laughs> 
And the shaman says that Nate has a blockage in his heart and mind that's preventing him from really opening up. And maybe another blockage that he just needs a laxative for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, maybe so that's why he's sweating so much. Sometimes flying to Puerto Vallarta can clog you up, man. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Uh, not that I know. Couldn't be you. Um, But... He definitely is feeling nervous in this moment. And I think all the shaman dates have just kind of an awkwardness to them. And usually it results in that person going home. But I think the tides have changed after Blake had a shamanish date and then ended up winning Katie's season. Did he have a shaman date with Katie? Because yeah. he had like a shaman date with he, Yeah. And then they and went we- to like a fire uh in the desert like a huge creature was on fire and there was a shaman oh, out there with katie yeah, yeah. okay that's right so blake was shamaned twice <laughs> well and if you remember peter and kelly went to a shaman mm, yeah and then they didn't end up together like, but Peru. after the show they ended up together yeah so that's interesting you know, mix mixed results with the shaman <laughs> truly mixed results so I don't think that there's any big discoveries or epiphanies uh, during the shaman date. It's just awkward, but it happens and they end up having a pretty good afternoon. Again, I feel like Michelle is having to pull teeth and ask him intentional questions to try to get something out of him. And I feel like, you know, they do have decent conversations, but he doesn't say anything near to the level of depth that Brandon says the previous day. And again, anything he does say is a result of Michelle's direct questioning. Nothing seems really proactive from Nate. Yeah, it's definitely, he is less, yeah, proactive is the right word. Um, He's less forthcoming with how he feels. um, And she's got to kind of pull out of him, as we discussed last time, like sometimes even asking him multiple choice questions, giving him some options about how he might be feeling. It's just tough, man. It's tough. She treats him like one of her students. (laughs) And we thought that Brandon was the youthful one. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brandon's the youthful, eager, uh, precocious one. and Teacher's pet. Yeah. And Nate's just the kid sitting in the back not paying attention. But I feel like Michelle is having some sort of confirmation bias here or she just like wants it to work with him. And is just looking for only good things because, you know, I guess whatever they did talk about, however she felt he responded, uh, was enough for her. Because at the end of the night, she says she thinks she's found her person. And at the point where the next day is the engagement, it's like, well, that seems like a pretty definite statement. And it seems like you just took Brandon out of the running with that. And I don't know why, because he, Nate did not give you nearly as much, but okay. Um, but the night is not over because she has a really like, uh, what's the word? Um, just, I don't know. It's like a very, just not special departure (laughs) from Nate's apartment or the room where he's staying in. Like the, she just leaves. And I mean, I'm, I'm just saying if this is the last time you're going to see someone before, the potential engagement it seems like you would have a more dramatic or romantic goodbye but anyway she just walks out goes a few doors down to her own room and there's a note with her name on it sitting outside her door and of course it's from our boy brandon 
Brandon with the note. And it's filled with the most romantic things ever. Even better than the speech he gave in person the night before. It's just beautiful. And, you know, some might see it as another shot in the dark. I think he just really cares about her and is a romantic guy. And, you know, the next day is going to be one of the most romantic days of their lives if he proposes. So he's just kind of milking it, setting it up, helping her go to bed with a smile on her face. I don't know. I, I just, just so much better than Nate. Yeah. If you're looking for romance and someone to lavish you with gifts and words of affirmation and all that stuff. You go with Brandon, not Nate, but clearly Nate's got something. I mean, he's tall. Is like maybe her love language is physical touch and maybe her love language is tall men. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know. I mean, Brandon just, he appeals more to my love language. Um, But anyway, um the we get a cut of michelle waking up the next morning Uh, it seems like she knows what she wants but it's gonna be hard because she does have feelings for both guys but the boys are picking out rings with neil lane who finally makes an appearance in person for the first time in several seasons yeah it's been a little bit i don't Mm. think he showed up in any any of the bubble seasons i mean on like facetime or whatever but yeah. That's all. But Neil Lane must be vaxxed and boosted and ready for some engagements, you know? Yeah. Uh, who knows? But one thing that I wonder is, you know, Neil Lane always shows the contestants just four designs, which, you know, seems pretty limited. Always four? Yeah. And so it seems like I'm going to need a fact check on that. (laughs) It seems like the lead when it's a when the lead is a girl, she must like give her preferences to Neil Lane about like, you know, some designs, some cuts that she likes um, so that, you know, no matter which one, either of the top two pick, it is something that she likes. I mean, when you're talking about like a five carat rock, does the shape of it matter? It's huge. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they like the size, but you still won't. The design is important. You know, I would not want a bigger engagement ring than the one you gave me if it was an uglier design than the one you gave me. Yeah, but if it's like you're getting this like $40,000 engagement ring from neil lane of all people but you gotta keep it forever you're gonna care about the shape it is i i think okay (laughs) why not i just think that they let the woman pick because it's important i mean i'm sure they probably get some basics about what kind of shapes they're okay with and but i mean they know it's huge so but the real question is did both brandon and nate see the same four rings or were there eight designs that michelle sent to neil lane and did she give the top four to one of them and the bottom four to the other? Hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting question. I mean, does Neil Lane have like duplicates of all of his ring designs? So, I mean, you could imagine she's got like her top four or whatever, and he's got, you know, two of each so that he can present the four of them to the first guy and whichever one he picks, just replace that one yeah. for the second guy. I am kind of curious now. I mean, Neil Lane's diamonds are rare, but they're not that rare. I think he's definitely got multiple copies of the same design. 
Well, we'll do some extra investigation on the Neil Lane partnership and maybe we'll have a special expose episode. Yeah, if you're hearing this and you have any insights into the Neil Lane selection process, hit us up. Let us know. Because I'm sure we have listeners who know all about Neil Lane's selection process in The Bachelorette. Oh, of course. I, you know, wish I was a super fan, but I'm only just starting my Neil Lane affection. So... The boys pick out their rings. They're feeling good about it. And we, of course, get the long, dramatic car ride. We show both their faces. And this is something I pointed out to Zeke that I just, it gets me every time. Is they always, you know, of course, have the one that is going to be eliminated come out of the Subaru first it's not a subaru what are you talking <laughs> about you don't know anything about cars clearly <laughs> what is it it's like a suburban uh, a that's what i meant i was trying to say suburban but i got the wrong one Subaru. okay so okay so it's a suburban and the the thing about when it is a guy or the the top two contestants are guys um you can tell, you know, by the color of their suits or the style of their socks, who it is before they even show their faces. Yeah, but it's like two seconds before, so it's not a huge deal. Yeah, but it's just like the disappointment dramatic. sits in. I think that, uh, I don't know if we were saying this before um, this reveal happened, but we probably were. And uh, in retrospect, this was obvious that like, if it wasn't Brandon, this was going to be probably the toughest rejection maybe ever on this show. You yeah, know, he was I mean, so he love. was so in love. And so we knew that either it was going to be awesome and that it was going to be so much fun to watch Brandon and Michelle get engaged, which was definitely like the le- less likely uh, situation. But if that it if it were Nate, that that would be just tough that Brandon was not going to take it very well at all. So um, anyway, yeah. And so, of course, Nate tells us the previous day that he only brought two suits two suits um because he didn't think he would last that long which red flag oh well um and so that's why he's been dressing like some sort of street artist (laughs) during all of the rose ceremonies but don't they like tell them don't they have like requirements for their wardrobe i don't know i mean don't they tell them like a don't they have like a list of like here's what you need to pack I think so. I think they do. But he still can. I mean, he had a suit. He had two suits. So, you know, you can't force him to bring 13 suits. Yeah, I guess not. But anyway, so he wears one of his two suits and it's black and Brandon's wearing a nice blue suit. And so immediately when we see the foot that comes out of the suburban and it has a blue suit on it, it's like, man, okay. Yeah. Brandon is losing. Got that blue pant leg. And, and you were very sad. My heart dropped and I screamed. I was mad. And yeah. um, I was really watching Tasha and Caitlin's faces to see if they would give it away. Um, what was going to happen because they've never had a traditional finale before. So they didn't really get a chance to like have to greet both the winner and the loser and keep a straight face. But they did a pretty good job. And Brandon walks down the beach to Michelle and he says later on that Michelle's emotions come out of her eyes. And so whenever he looked in her eyes in that moment, he could immediately tell that it wasn't going to be him. Which is so sad because he still gives his little speech 
uh, in a lead up to a proposal like the losers always have to do. That could be like retrospective though, like realizing that, um, like, you know, in the moment, like you can be in denial. Um, like, oh, maybe she's just trying to conceal how she's feeling for like the cameras. Uh, but then, you know, once you realize that you have been rejected, it's really easy to be like, oh, that's what that look in her face was. Yeah, that's true. Could be. I don't know. Because obviously she has a really serious face and is not feeling it. And when Brandon gets to the end of his wonderful speech, she, um, you know, lets him know that she really did mean what she said in loving him. But, but she has to listen to her heart. Yeah, we get those really sharp butts that really turn the conversation and it's sad. <laughs> I hate those types of butts. Yeah, who wants a sharp butt? <laughs> Not me. So um, it really is a devastating goodbye like we knew it would be. And he's in tears and he's cussing. Does he throw the ring? He like throws something off of a cliff at one point. It's probably not the ring. Like, that would have been bad. Um, I don't know. There were lots of jokes about, like, Neil Lane with his metal <laughs> detector on the beach, like, looking for the ring. But oh, I think he 100%. probably just threw a rock or something. Neil Lane cannot lose that type of inventory. I don't think Neil Lane cares. He, He's swimming. He would fly his whole fleet down to look for this ring. Um, And, you know, no, he definitely cannot be chucking the Neil Lane ring uh, down to the beach. I don't think it was. That would have been an all-time moment, though. Yeah, for sure. Brandon would have to pay for it, though. And um, they give them a box. And so he didn't open any box. (laughs) So I don't think it was the Neil Lane ring. But what a moment. He was mad. It was sad. Michelle even said, you know, what am I doing? She was crying. Um, But she gets it together for Nate's arrival. And Nate comes down the beach and... He has a speech that's better than anything else he's ever said on the show, but yeah, no not even as good as Brandon's losing speech. Yeah, that's for sure. So, um, you know, even in this moment, I didn't know if Nate would be ready to propose. It was a shock to me when he got down on one knee. Yeah. I mean, and that's what they want you to think. And it's makes it dramatic. It makes it fun. But ultimately, it probably we probably should have known that. In spite of the previews, in spite of all the hullabaloo, they do this every year. They do this every season. They cast aspersions on someone, and it doesn't really end up panning out the way that you think it's going to based on the preview. And they get engaged. Woo! Woohoo! Much to our dismay, which is kind of a bummer when you're not really rooting for the as we said it kind of sucks to feel like i'm not happy that she got engaged to the person she got engaged to but i mean i'm like i'm sure they're happy and i think that we're probably happy for them now it's like i mean they do look like a great couple um they'll probably last like a year and then Uh, break up um yeah no like seriously how much i mean how much time do you give them i don't know if he actually moves to minnesota i think that they could potentially get married but I think he's he's going to put off the move several months to the point where she's going to break up with him because she doesn't think he really wants to move. You think six months? I think if he is serious about this relationship, he'll move um, at the beginning of January or February. But I think he's going to wait until the summer 
in which case they'll break up in June or July. Well, hopefully for uh, probably more him. I'm trying to think if they can break up before they make the selections for Bachelor in Paradise. I could see him. I could see him trying to make make a run at Paradise. Dang, that would just be so soon. But do they film that in like the spring? Probably like May, April, May, June. Yeah, it could happen. I could see it lasting. And I then don't know. he'd be ready to go at it again. I mean, maybe I he clearly. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like he was not ever in this for like the actual relationship and marriage. But the fact that he did get engaged, I want to say that he actually was in it. It just didn't seem like it. So if he really breaks up, you know, breaks off the engagement and is ready to go on Paradise, man, that's just low. Yeah, that'd be tough. But I I don't know. I think that their appearance on After the Final Rose made me warm up to them more. It seems like they really are happy. And he said that he was absolutely going to move to Minnesota. He couldn't give Caitlin Bristow an actual date, which is why I think he's going to push it off. But he was way more committed and enthusiastic and confident in answering those questions than he was during the finale. So definitely things have changed and they've grown in their relationship, which is good. Well, and I think that like Michelle was saying during After the Final Rose that he was just having a hard time sharing his feelings and where he was at in front of the camera. Um, You know, in which case maybe that does increase their chances of making it if he's just like real. Um, And there's probably just off camera stuff that we didn't get to see for some reason, even though they should have showed it to us uh, <laughs> so that we liked him more when he won. Um, that kind of make it more understandable why she picked him over Brandon. Because I think ultimately, you know, what we saw is we didn't see her falling in love as hard for Nate as we did with Brandon. Kind of. I mean, I think that, you know, he did get the first impression, Rose. They had that moment where they like took off her shoes and they ran like in like the second night or first night or something. Um, and so there's like moments like that, that, you know, is obviously he was going to be top two from like the third or fourth episode. Um, but it was always going to be like him and Joe. And then it was Brandon and Brandon came out of nowhere kind of, and, um, really wowed all of us. Um, and was good at saying all the right stuff, but yeah, We'll have to see. I mean, obviously, I always hope that they make it last and make it work and get married because uh, we haven't had like a none of the couples of the shows I've seen have have gotten married yet. Obviously, I think like Matt and Matt and Rachel are still together as far as I know, but we'll have to see if I don't think they're engaged. They're, they didn't get no. engaged in the show. So hopefully they can make it work and we can see their wedding on TV. <laughs> That'd be nice. The royal wedding. What bachelor? Yeah, I wonder what was the what was the last one? Um, the last one televised, I think, was Ari and Lauren. But they're are they still together? Yeah. And they oh, okay. have three kids. Oh wow, okay. But she was her his runner up, right? Yeah. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> um, so yeah, I again I really liked them more on After the Final Rose. One of my friends who lives in Minneapolis saw them at the mall and took a photo with them and they looked really happy with their Christmas Starbucks drinks. Oh wow. So that was really nice to see. And then um you know, other than that, I mean, I think that I loved that, you know, when Brandon came on After the Final Rose, he said what all of us were thinking. 
that, you know, she really had to pull teeth with Nate and she never had to with him. So it doesn't really make sense why she didn't pick him. But she is happy that, or he is happy that Michelle is happy with Nate. And I think that that's ultimately what I feel too. It was really confusing to me why she didn't pick Brandon, especially given not just the editing, but the things that Nate himself said versus what Brandon himself said. But I am glad she's happy because she really does seem to be so. Yeah, I think he he played it off really well his time. Um, The other thing that uh, we should mention is that we did get an appearance from Clayton um, and they made him read mean tweets. Yeah, um, that was about people awful. not liking him. And I don't know. I, I feel like it's so dumb because it's like, you know, the 14% of people that are actually on Twitter uh, complaining about him. And it's like, I don't think most people really care that strongly about Clayton as The Bachelor. Um, I mean, I think it'll be an interesting season from the preview. Obviously, it seems like it'll be uh, quite the mess, but hopefully a fun mess to watch. Definitely. Um, well, going back to our ratings that we gave at the beginning of the season, um, I had Nate as number two and you had him as number three. No. Oh, no. Sorry. We rated, rated him. him. I rated him a two out of ten and you rated him a three out of ten. That's very different. What about Brandon? What do we give Brandon? Certainly higher than that. Brandon... We gave, I gave him a four and you gave him a six. Yeah. We were pretty hard on both of these guys. Yeah. I think that of the guys that like made Versus it, Joe, I gave him a nine and you gave him a 10. Yeah. I mean, they were clearly the, Joe was clearly, um, you know, he's Minnesota Joe. He, he was going to be kind of the shoe in. It was his season to lose and he lost it. Yeah. He made it to top three, but. He should have been in top two, and he just, I think, was not interesting enough for her. Poor guy. So, you know, we really missed the mark in terms of our predictions at the beginning of the Oh, season. it's such a crapshoot. I mean, from reading the bios and the pictures, I mean, they do a pretty good job, though, at, like, making it, of if you're not spoiled, like, just by reading the bios and looking at the pictures, you can kind of make stuff up. And, I mean, there's stuff that we said about them, I'm sure, that if we went and listened back, it'd be like, oh, that was totally a wrong assessment of this guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it's so hard to tell. It's kind of fun to do. Um. It seems like, are we even gonna do that for Clayton's women? I think just... we should. We gotta keep it even. Okay. We have to do a shorter episode though. For sure. We have for to do sure. it quicker. I don't even know if we should read their full bios. Well, we can talk about this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did rate Clayton a eight and nine respectively. Whoa. So that means that we are super excited for our hometown boy. Well, I think at that point we knew when we did those ratings, I think we knew that he was going to be the bachelor. Yeah. I think we both knew. Uh, We didn't necessarily say it in that episode, but um, there's probably some bias there knowing that he was going to make it far. For sure. But I just think he overall is a well-rounded guy and I hated the hate that he received on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bummer. But we're going to make it a fun season, and we're excited to recap our first Bachelor season starting the first week of January. So if you enjoyed our recaps of The Bachelorette, we hope that you will stick around with us for The Bachelor and share our podcast with all of your friends and family in Bachelor Nation. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, and uh, hope that you'll join us for the next season.
Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful new year. This has been In It for the Long Haul with Zeke and Lexi Hall. 